Hello and welcome to the Side Hustle Success Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Haunts. I'm joined by my co-host, Kevin Taylor. This is a show for anyone who has a product or business idea and wants to go full-time on it eventually, or maybe you already have. This is a show about product design, entrepreneurs, freelancers, contractors, free agents, digital nomads, and literally anything in between. In this episode, we're going to talk about the thorny issue of building a product while still employed. Okay, yeah. yeah it should be a good one. And it can be thorny. I've, I've had a few issues Yeah, with this before. You've, you've said you've had a few a few run-ins with various different companies that you work for. So what have you been up to then, Steve, in the last last few weeks? Uh, it's boring, really. Kind of more of the same. Well, I'm in like, production mode for another Pluralsight course. Um, it's on adaptive leadership styles. So it's a sort of leadership and business okay, management yeah. focus course. Yeah. It's Going really well. I mean, I'm well over halfway through it. So how, how long do you think you've got left to, to do then? Till, uh, till realistically, so I'm just scripting the last kind of major module at the moment. That should be done by the end of the week. Record it early next week. Okay, yeah. Uh, I mean, then I've got to record the summaries and then there's a whole lot of paperwork. Do you have to be careful? To you know, if you tell anybody what course you do and if they want to do the course, do you have to be careful because then there's an expectation you have to complete it by a certain date or are you no, very cagey I mean, about? On, I mean, Pluralsight's really good with deadlines, so they, they ask you when you can do it by, and generally they like a course to be done within three months. Oh, okay, so, so my yeah. deadline for this course is actually end of July, but I'm going to bring it in earlier. Oh, that's good. Yeah, yeah. Because I have this problem sometimes, we, we obviously launching new features and new new tools for our various different products and sometimes if I mention it to people I have to be very cagey about when we say we're going to launch it because if we don't launch it when we say we you know we say well they kind of get a bit disappointed so yeah I mean when I've I mean realistically to say you know let's imagine I, I finished a course by the end of end of this week it'll probably take about another two to three weeks for it to actually come out okay because yeah, yeah. there's like a final peer review so every module goes through peer review oh, okay yeah, um, yeah where so someone actually physically watches it and you know can I understand it? Is what you're saying factually correct and all that sort of stuff? So it's that process, and I've got to write all the assessment questions, which is my least favourite part of the process. Mm, okay, yeah. Um, and then you have to. There's a team at Pluralsight that builds all the trailers. Okay. So yeah. they have like a little animated, bushy thing which goes before the course. Well, that's like a summary of your course, then is it? Yeah. So I have to write a script for it. So it typically be about ninety seconds to okay, two minutes long. Yeah. So I, I record that and do the audio, and then they have someone animate this kind of nice animated swishy thing oh cool that's, that's my technical term for animated <laughs> swishy <laughs> thing yeah. and then kind of once all that's done they, they they push it live oh cool yeah so yeah it's always exciting when the new course goes live I'm kind of really motivated at the minute because I went to the Pluralsight Live Authors Summit um, I can't remember if I talked about it in the previous episode okay and you know it's a big conference they put on in London but they also had like a separate bit for the authors as well and they were sharing loads of like facts and figures about the company yeah. and kind of what their future projections for the next few years are and all of us in the, in that room were like hmm things are going really well we need to kind of double down really you know? yeah I think you need to yeah, inspire you to go out there and, yeah. and do a couple stuff. of my authoring colleagues have actually said they're gonna either not renew or give notice on some of the contracts that they're doing at the moment really just, just, just so they can focus, on, yeah, pearls, focus like. on the oh, okay that's fantastic so, yes, going really good. Uh, I'm also building a public speaking course for Skillshare. Do you know what I could do with that, I think? Yeah, it's not something I'm, it, it terrifies me, the thought of doing any public you speaking. Could, you could be a beta tester then. Yeah, yeah, for sure, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I'm kind of, there's no real deadline on that because you, you just kind of work on your own pace. I'm going to try and get that out by hopefully beginning of the summer, before okay, summer yeah. holidays. How about yourself? Yeah, I've been super busy. Yeah, I mean, we're sort of in sort of, in terms of revenue, we're sort of going to. I think it's going to be our, hopefully our best month ever, um, this month. So we sort cool. of like, yeah. Then, then, I'm starting to feel I'm reach, reaching capacity of 
you know, what we can do. To In fact, I remember a few episodes ago you saying you had your best month. So you yeah, must, it's, it's you gonna, must be on a quite a good upward trajectory. Yeah, I think it tends to be. I think it's going to reach a point where, well, at least for the next few months, it's going to be every month there's going to be our next looking at the projection um, and our revenue. It's, I think every so many few months ahead are going to be like our best month ever. You know, probably at some point we're going to top out, but I think for the foreseeable future, every month's going to be like. But I think we're kind of reaching the point in terms of like. Um, all the support that we do, so email, telephone support, um, and obviously we're building new features as well. Um, and obviously I'm still doing a little bit of consultancy work, which I really need to think about in the future, whether I ditch that or, or kind of what we do with that. But I think I'm gonna reach a point where I can't do any more, so we have to rethink about how we do things. Okay. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm happy with the way things are going. It's, I'm really positive actually for the future. Of course, it's all about this podcast, all those listeners who are coming on here and then ordering your product. <laughs> I don't know. I don't all those structural that. engineers. No, I don't, well, to be fair, I don't think many, many of my prospective customers would listen to this podcast. Whether some might do, you know, who knows. But um, no, I think I just do this because I enjoy it. In some ways, it's accountability as well, doing this. It's interesting also talking about, because we're in the industry, you know, it's useful to talk about the various different things that are happening as well. Okay, do you want to go on to the, the audience questions? Yeah, we've got some uh, pretty good questions this week. Or this episode. Uh, so personalized from D. So what do you both value most uh, with your working lifestyles? Is it money, freedom, or anything else? Yeah, trick on really. Um, I, th- I think for me personally, I, I like the freedom. Mm. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it. I'm the know. same. I mean, you know, there, there's that saying, isn't there? Money doesn't buy happiness, but it helps. <laughs> oh yeah, sure, yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of the same. You know, is it my desire to become a multimillionaire? Well, I wouldn't turn it down if it happens, but it's not. That's not what drives me. Yeah. For yeah. me, it's freedom. My, it's, my biggest fear now is having to go and get another job. <laughs> yeah, I think I think also, I think you've got to be, and I've realised this now, is you've got to be happy with what you're doing. If you're doing something you don't enjoy, you know, I think that's that's probably more important than freedom and money and et cetera. It's just doing things that you enjoy doing. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, so I think that's that's really important to me. I don't well, know. But on, on, on the freedom thing, I mean, um, a good example of this is a few weeks ago, um, my son's, teacher got in touch saying you know they're, they're going on this trip to some like butterfly farm place okay like, yeah, the yeah. whole class and they didn't have enough um, parent volunteers to help kind of, oh yeah <laughs> did get to kind of to kind of rabble rouse and they said to me can can you come along on the trip and i was like actually yeah i will yeah, yeah so i just took like a random monday off just for the hell of it and just sort of went went on this school trip with my son and his class yeah it was really nice yeah so I, actually there is little things like that for example on on thursday um my five-year-old boy he He's won an award at school for, I don't know what for, for doing something good, because he's, he's obviously done something something well, you know. So they do like, every month they do like an award ceremony of, of where you can go in and see your child. So I'm gonna go in on Thursday, you know, but I, it, the fact that I have that freedom just to go and do that, mm. you know, I don't have to ask for permission or take a day off work, or I can just go and do that. It, it is quite nice, actually. I think, I think I'd struggle to go back into a full-time job now where I had to, where I'd have my freedom taken away and have to be somewhere at a set time. Oh, and Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, I think I've mentioned on the show before, I mean, in previous jobs, um, certainly the last two jobs, I mean, I was a leader of software teams and departments. Yeah, I needed flexibility because I had to be able to leave at four o'clock on a lot of days to go pick the kids up. Okay, yeah. Especially when my wife is working away. And the companies always say, yeah, that's fine, it's not a problem. But when it actually comes down to it. Yeah. Um, although it's a problem in one company, but I mean, you know, the fact you have to leave at four and then the company tries to guilt trip you saying, oh, well, you're abandoning your team early. And then, <laughs> yeah. it, makes you, then it makes you feel like absolute garbage yeah, as well. It's yeah. like, yeah, you know, on one hand, I know I should be here because my team's, I've asked my team to work late to do something, yeah. but, I, but I can't do that. And I just don't have to worry about that now. Yeah, it's, it is a tricky one. Um, 
Yeah, I, I think I, I enjoy the freedom. You know, the, I'll say when you can travel to work, when you want to travel, you don't have to go during rush hour, you can work from home or you can work in the evenings or whenever really, you know, when suits you, you know. And also the other thing is I think you can, I mean, I really enjoy what I'm doing. I think the products I'm working on are sort of bringing real value to the world. And sometimes when you work for somebody else, you kind of think it's their vision and what they want to do. It's not mm. what you believe, personally believe in. You can do passion projects that you personally believe in when it's your own stuff. Can't you? I assume you could write a course about something that you personally believed in, couldn't you? And Yeah, I mean, it's not. we don't have quite that much freedom of course. I, um, it used to be the way you could pretty much suggest anything and I'd say yes, whereas yeah. it's a lot more reserved now. So there's a lot more planning that has to go into the courses that you do. Ah, okay. Yeah. And a lot of courses, they do say no. So, th so the course that I'm building for Skillshare, um, I did originally pitch to Pluralsight. Okay. And they were like, actually doesn't fit in with our content plan at the moment, so they, so they passed on it. Okay, but I, yeah. I still want to build it, so I'm just going to build it and put it somewhere build it elsewhere. Yeah. And they're yeah. fine with that. I did, I did double check with them. You know, and their view was as long as you're not competing directly with courses that you've built yeah. on their platform, then it's fine. I think it's I say with your own business, you put your own stamp on the world, can't you? Is you know, this is what you believe, this is what you think is you know, in a way that you couldn't if you work for somebody else, you wouldn't have that freedom to do that, would you? Or no, you wouldn't. No, I mean, what yeah. I'm doing is very much down to personal branding as well. Yeah, yeah. So I think I think that's yeah. It's not just the the money and the freedom and and having the good lifestyle. It's the other things as well. It's the value. Um, and doing things that you enjoy as well are important. Putting things. your mark on the world. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure, if you can, yeah, yeah. But for me, I mean, freedom is probably one of the big parts for me. I mean, you know, money's important. You need money to live. You yeah. want to earn enough money that you can build the business so that you have the freedom to carry on doing what you're doing. Yeah, I think I think it's a little bit careful because I guess we're quite privileged, really. Um, uh, we've got to be careful to say, because like, money is important, you know, um, but, you know, we've got to be careful to think, oh, you know, if, if we're doing okay in our businesses, we have money, you know, so we can't, it is important. We can't say money isn't important, you know, I think up to a certain level. You yeah, know. that's what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, you've got to be careful, but yeah, yeah, no. There was a, there was a study years ago, I'll see if I can find it for the show notes, where they're, they're, they're talking about, it's to do with employed um, people. Is at what point does money not become such a big issue? Oh, okay. Is it a certain number, is it? Like, it was, yeah. yeah. I think it worked. I think, uh, I think it was. I can't, remember if it, actually I can't remember if it's dollars or pounds now. I'm going to have to try and find it. I quoted it in one of my courses once. I've, I think it was about £46,000, for example. Yeah. They're yeah. saying that below that point, the thing that people care most about is getting the pay rises or bonuses to help, uh, to help bring up a certain level. Once you hit a certain threshold, and it's probably going to be that threshold is going to be different for different countries depending on you know the cost of living. But then once you hit that point, things like career development and training opportunities, kind of the, the non the yeah. non-money related benefits become more important at that point yeah yeah other things become you know important yeah yeah I think you're right I think up to a certain level so yeah so it's all it's all important but yeah I think you need to try and find what, what you value everybody's different you know everybody has their own version of kung fu don't they you know yeah. <laughs> this is my style and this is your style but this is what I believe cool so um, the next question then is from uh, someone called Donnie it says do you ever have days where you regret running a business all the time, yeah, yeah, really do. do. Yeah, and no, I do. I don't know if do you ever feel like that or. Uh, I mean, I have bad days, but I never actually regret what I'm doing. But then you know, I, I don't really own my customer, as it as it were. Whereas your company, you kind of own the customer, don't you? So you, you've got to support. Yeah, it's, well. it's it's not too bad. I, I, so this, I think sometimes, I think you've got to think. Um, but some days when I'm working on my own, I can get a bit fed up, but that's more because I'm just working on my, because uh, I'm on my own and I'm, I need sort of other humans to talk to, you know. It's not necessarily mm. that I hate the business, it's more like 
I perhaps need to go out and meet a friend or something. You know what I mean? It's not... You feel a bit penned in, I guess. Yeah, yeah sometimes it can, it can be quite favor. isolating, I think. Yeah, running your own business can be quite isolating. And I think that's sometimes tough, but it's not the fault of the business. You know, that's probably because you just need to go out and talk to people, you know, or whatever, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, I have some days where, you know, I have a plan to do something and it just doesn't work. And then yeah, the whole day yeah. just turns to rubbish. Like I was saying to you before we started recording, um, the week we're recording now, we just had a load of quite bad weather in the UK, lots of rain. And I was meant to record a module for my course. And I come in, I was all motivated to record. Everything was ready and set up and prepared. And it was raining so hard and there was a lot of wind. It was literally raining sideways towards the window. Okay. And it was so noisy. So I just had to abandon what I was doing at that point. I was, I was pretty annoyed at that point because I yeah, it's things I like planned to get this stuff done. I mean, on a whole, <laughs> I don't regret running the business on. I think it's entirely the right thing to do for me personally, for me. Um, but yeah, there are there are days when you have bad days, and you've got to think why, you know, and what you can do to address those yeah. issues. But now I say that I sometimes have this: oh, I'd go and get a job and work with an awesome team; it'd be great, you know. But then I think after about a day for a week, I think I'd get fed up of working for somebody else. I don't yeah, well, know. I mean, I'm getting every, every, that okay. every company you work for, there's always that honeymoon period. And then, yeah, oh, this is okay; it's not that bad. And then after after a few months of it, like, oh, I hate this. Well, I will <laughs> say though, is when I when I first did strike out solo and sort of quit work I had many occasions per day <laughs> I <guess>. <laughs> well <laughs> I was actually yeah. thinking have I not not regret but you know have I done the right thing have I made the right choice yeah but I think that I think that's common yeah I think that's more that you're worried about you know yeah have you made the right financial decision or you know than necessarily regret running the business thing or I don't know or... yeah there was yeah it was kind of have I made the right decision financially I mean you know could the royalties just drop through the floor you know, yeah. All, all those things where I said to my I wife, so it'll, it'll, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. Then I think when you're in your own business, you feel more responsible, don't you, for your own income in a way that you wouldn't if you work for somebody else. You know, it's different, isn't it? I think. Well, you certainly have a bigger level of personal accountability, don't you? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah. Yeah, so it's different. But no, I think on, on a whole, um, I don't regret. I mean, everybody has moments, don't they, I think, of doubt. But I think, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time, I'm happy with the decision that I made. Yeah, same here. Cool, good set of questions there. So thanks to Dee and Donnie for sending yeah, those in. Thank you. So on today's topic, I thought it'd be interesting to talk about the idea of um, working on a side hustle, so building a product while still being employed by someone. Because it can be a bit thorny, this one. Yeah, I've heard that you, you can run into real problems with this. I think you do have to be careful. Yeah, well, thinking back, I mean, I've worked for a couple of um, companies now where at the time when I went to work for them, I didn't really think about it or occur to me but there can be clauses in your contract yeah certainly in the UK where they might turn around and say anything you work on outside of work time actually belongs to the company yeah you do have to be careful yeah which if you've got entrepreneurial desires is going to be quite bad for you yeah yeah I think it's worth worth investigating these these options you know of, of what how you can get around these these issues yeah I mean I guess one thing you can do is just work in complete and utter secrecy but I mean you're yeah, sometimes that's that's really hard, isn't it? Because sometimes you want to talk to potential customers and you know, work through ideas and talk to other people. Sometimes it's probably hard to do that, isn't it? Or, or can you? I suppose you can to a certain extent, well, I mean, can't you? Or, I mean, if you need to talk to any customers during office hours, I mean, that's going to be a problem for Oh, them, yeah, so. yeah. You can it reminds me it. of, um, I think I mentioned this before, but Silicon Valley, the, the uh, US oh, com say, com yeah, comedy yeah. show. 
um, which is surprisingly realistic as well as being a comedy. <laughs> yeah, about, about, about Silicon the, uh, Valley startup. My birthday got the DVDs and I've still not watched. I've watched, watched the first it. episode. Oh, okay. and I keep it to get into it, but I will. No, don't spoil it. You can you can tell me. I'm, I'm going to watch it anyway. At some point. Okay, well you might want to put your fingers in your ears. And no, I <laughs> know. No. <laughs> there, there was one bit at some point within the four or five seasons. I won't say where. Uh, okay, yeah. Where a debate comes up about the main character and the company he was forming about whether he used any company equipment for his previous employer. Okay, yeah. And uh, the company tries to lay claim onto his products or his company. Okay, yeah, yeah. Based on the fact that he used some of their corporate assets. And whilst, you know, this is a comedy show, that actually can happen. So, I yeah. mean, if you, if you use a company's laptop or you do anything on their time, which you shouldn't do anyway, but I mean, if you did. Yeah, it does happen, yeah. Or using their software, their electricity, their Wi-Fi. Yeah, I have seen this cause real bad blood, actually. I mean, I, I used to work for a local authority um, before I set up on my own, which are local authorities, like a like uh, local government for US listeners, you know, and um, and one of one of the, my sort of like team leader, he used to do work on the side and possibly during work's time. And I think it caused a lot of real bad blood actually. And a lot of people were quite jealous because obviously he was getting extra, extra revenue. They weren't getting extra income that they weren't getting. Mm. And it, it, it does cause a lot of bad blood actually, especially if you're using work's computers, equipment, um, and it all got quite nasty actually, but did it, it wasn't pleasant actually. Yeah, I mean, I've always been someone that's always wanted to build things. It's, it's actually only since the last three or four years I've actually wanted to do my own company. Before yeah. that, I had no intentions of building a company. Yeah. But I always worked on things in the in, in the background. Okay, yeah, yeah. Were you always very careful to, to use your own equipment? I was, yeah. I mean, obviously I'm not conscious. This, this is not legal advice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I was always someone who would just work in secret on things and um, you know, make sure I use my own laptops at home and never yeah. even do the company because I've always been that kind of person that's wired to build things. Yeah, I mean, I must say when I, when I worked at the local authority, I did actually sort of do a few projects like consultancy work um, for, the, for about a year before I actually quit. And um, but I, d- I never used any, you know, any any of the equipment, their equipment or their software or any of their computers or anything. I've like worked to some companies that are actually a bit more permissive around this sort of thing, as long as you don't build a competing product, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, I mean, that's, there was um, that's some of the, that's probably why I was okay with when I went to the local authority because um, I wasn't going to compete with them, hmm. you know, because obviously they're a local government, you know, so they don't really make or sell products or anything, you know. There was one. Um, there was a healthcare company I worked for once, and they, you know, they had like a pharmacy system, okay, which yeah. I were developing. And um, I think this is this is about three or four years before I joined the company, but I remember hearing about it. And there was a whole team of people there who were just blatantly developing on their own a comp- completely competing product. Uh, <laughs> yeah, which you know naturally they got found out and they were all fired over it. But how did they go on and build their product? They. Um, do you know what? I don't actually know. I wonder, yeah. I wonder if they went up and commercialised it or not. I mean, anyone who's in an area local to where we're recording now will know what company I'm talking about. But <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I mean, they, they, they got fired for doing it. And it, it's actually, because when I was working there, it, that was about the time when I started doing courses for Pluralsight. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they, they hated me doing that. Oh, really? They, yeah. they were not yeah. very happy about it. At one point, they tried to accuse me of working on the courses during work time, which I wasn't because I'm not stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what they had seen was because you know because I have a Pluralsight subscription, I, I get it for free because I do work with them. Oh, okay, yeah. So every, during my lunch break, I'd quite frequently watch courses. 
Arn they were accusing you of working on your own stuff during yeah so, so, so they tried to pull that one which which was, that was fine in the end but um it actually got to a point where they were so unhappy with me doing this. I was actually at the point where I had to quit that company. Really? Yeah. Did you feel that they put you under pressure then? or A bit. Yeah. So N- never so far that I took it to a constructive dismissal claim or anything like that. I just I just bailed and did something else. Yeah, no fair so that, at that point, I mean, this was probably, what, four years ago now? At that point, I was going to go and do Pluralsight full-time at that point. Okay. Which yeah. was then um, when I started talking to this other startup that I worked for afterwards and I went to work for them for a bit. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I figured, you know, I've never worked for a, a techie style startup. Yeah, yeah. This, this could be quite good fun. So I went and did that for a year and a half. Yeah, cool. Were they okay with you doing the plural science then or were they? Oh, they, they were brilliant, yeah. Yeah, they, yeah. They, they were very, very good. I mean, we, that company had kind of all the typical growing problems of a startup and a lot of the issues, which, you know, like you'll see on Silicon Valley when you watch it, <laughs> yeah, when, when you yeah. get investors involved. But actually, as a company, they were fantastic. So they were f- fine with me doing plural site as long as I didn't discuss anything to do with the company. Yeah, perhaps it's common they, sense. Perhaps they come from more of a startup environment where they're probably more relaxed than a. Well, they were also happy for me to go to. I mean, we actually had written into my contract that I would go to conferences and speak at conferences and sort of fly the flag for the company. Ah, uh, okay, yeah, yeah. Which I did quite a bit as that well. That probably helps them, you know, when they're coming to recruiting and et cetera, doesn't it? You know, if you're visible out there. Yeah, but I mean, th- that particular company, so the startup, I mean, they were also very keen on um, staff working on their own projects as well. Really? So, so they were they were a complete diametric opposite to some of these large corporations that I work for, which didn't want you doing anything. Perhaps it's because they thought you're more, if people, the sort of people that work on side projects are more entrepreneurial, and that's probably the kind of people they want, isn't it? Yeah, and plus, you know, they, they want people to, to grow and learn new skills. Okay. They, they didn't expect people to work, you know, all the hours God sends on, on their products, you know, they were actually quite realistic, which is good. But they were, but they did encourage people to learn and build their own things in their own time. So as long as you weren't building exactly the same product, obviously. Yeah, okay, yeah. They were kind of happy, and I think that's kind of what you want from a, a company these days is someone yeah. who's going to be quite permissive and let you actually. Explore I think it depends on the on the culture of whoever you're working for, doesn't it? Uh, oh, with yeah, side pro- I mean, certain certain organisations aren't going to let you do anything, are they? You know, and it'd be very, you know communicated in their contract and the way that they deal with you, isn't it? That, that you can't do anything, whereas others would be quite relaxed, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, so if, if you was in that situation and you're trying to build a company, I mean, obviously, if you're determined to do it and, you, and, and it's in your contract, then you're going to be committed to working in complete secrecy, but that's going to cause you problems anyway. So you can't really, I mean, you can build a product, but you're going to be finding it very difficult to launch it, I guess. Yeah, I think it's going to be tricky, yeah. I think that, that would be, and also a bit unpleasant, I think, as well. You'd always be worried you're going to get found out. Oh, you'd always be looking over your back. I yeah. mean, like, like if we look at your company, I mean, you wouldn't be able to build that in secrecy and launch it in secret, I'm guessing, would you? No, no. Well, you could do, you know. Um, it depends, really. But what about when a, when a client tries to call you during office hours? Oh, yeah, you wouldn't be able to do that. I mean, initially, I did do consultancy work for about a year when I worked full-time. But I just do calls. and You know, I do, um, perhaps do email at lunchtime or something like that. And then I would do um, do phone calls in an evening, you know. And it wouldn't work out too too yeah. bad, you know. If I had to do, generally didn't have to do phone because everything's over the email, you know. I wasn't doing lots and lots of work. I was just doing a little bit just to test the water. So it's more just to test the concept of whether, you know, whether I could win contracts, you know, or whether I could, okay. you know. It was just to test the water. I didn't. I literally did. 
it was you know a few thousand. I think I did like three thousand pounds worth of work. So it wasn't like loads. It was just okay. just to test the idea. Really. So you didn't really build the full product up. You just no, it was just me doing consultancy work, yeah. you know. But it was just just to see whether I could win work basically. In fact, that's actually probably quite a good way of doing it. So if you are working for a company, it turns out you've got quite a restrictive contract because not, not a lot of people read their employment contracts. No, I never in, read in that, that level of detail because I, I didn't. I didn't even realize this was a thing until I kind of went and explored. Well, actually, someone mentioned about oh, yeah, you should be careful building your own thing. Oh, because they, so we've got they these restrictive contracts. I went back and reread it, and I'm like, oh crap! Yeah, yeah, right. But maybe a good solution to that is, you know, say you're a software developer, is maybe go consulting. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I mean, once uh, once I and then build I it up, quit my full time job. I actually did go and work somewhere part time for six months. I did. I worked three days a week um, as a as a freelancer. Okay. Um, it, on, on premises, you know, so I, I drove somewhere and, and worked from their their offices uh, as a design engineer. Um, and now that was good, and because it gave me two days to work on my own stuff as well. And, and they were fine because they knew I was obviously doing other stuff. You know, I agreed. You know, they they were happy to have me for three days, three full days. Um, I did that for six months, and I quit to go full time on my own stuff. Like, though, those point, other was, two days, I mean, you had someone else working with you as well, didn't you? On the what's in the? Is this when it was? You, is this the first version of Steel Beam calculator? No, no. This is just me doing consultancy. Work. This oh, is okay. before any of the software. This is just me. Um, so just me working on my own. But I used to do sort of three days working in on premises somewhere, uh, and then I did three days of doing my own stuff. Oh, okay. Um, just doing just doing consultancy work. It wasn't a, a soft a product or anything like that. How long did you do that for? Uh, six months. Okay. Six months. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So at that point, I just decided to go on my own. And just do my own stuff, you know. But it's quite good actually. When I worked at this, uh, we, we worked on the some good projects. We actually worked on the Olympic Park enabling work. So I did some okay. of the design work. So you know the hoarding that went around the Olympic site, mm. the timber hoarding. It's big, like I think like two meter high. You know, like timber walls or whatever. Designed all of those and uh, did some other bits of like uh, oh, right. two excavations. So like temporary works for excavations. What are those timber walls there for? Is that just like blocking off the site while they're just building? to keep people off the site? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Oh right, okay, yeah. But obviously they've got quite high wind loading on it, so you have to design. There's certain edge cases where they can't put props and things in, so you have to do all the different design details and stuff. You know. But it's a massive site. There's a bit I didn't realise so much work went into that. I know, it's I, crazy. I thought they spang a load of posts into the ground. And you would have thought, yeah, <laughs> no, there's, there's more work than you think. Everything, everything's more work than you... When you actually look, it's hard You look at something really straightforward. You don't realise how much work goes into everything that we use. It's crazy, Yeah, it? I you guess know? that's a safety thing, isn't it? You yeah, know. yeah. It can't just blow over and hit somebody or whatever, you know. It's going to be properly. Fence yeah. fall over and crush a busload of nuns or something. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Stuff like that, yeah. But there's just lots of other things, like excavations. So if they have to excavate something, because I've done archaeological works as well hmm. on the site as they were building it. So, But you'd have to have, like, sort of, like shoring to stop, make sure the ground didn't fall down on the archaeologists or whatever. If they're digging a, digging a deep hole and things like oh, that, that you know? so were they like digging foundations and then suddenly they find some? Yeah, yeah, that, that would happen. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they knew that was certain historical things there, so they'd want to investigate, you know, and okay. etc. So there was a, a bit of that, all sorts of different. That must be quite frustrating if you're the actual developer. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah suddenly things. you got to stop what you're doing because some people yeah. with little brushes want to come in. And... Oh no, it happens quite a lot. Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's all part of the project, you know, and obviously that history's going to be lost forever if they don't do that, you know, so, you know, it's got to be done, hasn't it? Hmm. Um, but so, yeah, no, that was, that was good. So I got to work on some, some cool projects and I just quit after six months and decided to do main thing. So, uh, so you say so you used freelancing for six months and then you decided to build the software? Uh, well, no, no, I, I worked, um, 
I worked, that was, that was, I, I quit in, Jan, in January and I did six months till roughly about June, July, I think it was. And I didn't actually launch the software product until the following September. Okay. I think it was, I'm thinking now, yeah. So it was like another year and a bit before I even launched my first software product to search. Um, so I just worked as a, as a freelancer. Okay. I'm saying, I mean, contracting and freelancing was something I always intended to do, but I've never actually got around to it. Do you? <laughs> is it you could always do it though, couldn't you? If worse, that, that's the same thing, isn't I could it? Do, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that is actually my backup plan. So if anything ever went wrong, wrong I, probably, yeah. I probably would go into contracting. Yeah. Hopefully that doesn't happen. <laughs> but I mean, the, the first products I ever built, I mean, I say I wasn't really that entrepreneurial, but I'll say I've, I've always built stuff behind the scenes. So I used to do a lot of um, sound design production. I've, I think I mentioned it before, I can't remember. They used to build a lot of sound libraries or sound samples. Oh, and yeah. they used to sell them on DVDs to like, other musicians and like, oh, film, film yeah, samples. It was like a library of sounds, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I did that for quite a few years and um, I kind of got away with it because I was working for a big online um, bank at the time, which is when I was doing this. Yeah. And they had similar kind of restrictive policies in their contracts, but I wasn't actually building software. I was, uh, I was, I was building okay, sound yeah, libraries. Yeah. So they're okay with that, technically, wasn't I never directly asked them as such. <laughs> But then you know it was it was so it, you know it's not like competing with what they were doing yeah not at all I mean didn't affect them and it used a lot of audio equipment which I could only do at home not in the office so yeah but was... one, one thing I did find with that though is because um, I was selling the sound libraries uh, at one point to an American company and I thought ooh American companies you know there's a high risk of litigation yeah yeah so I thought you know I need to form a limited company and what I didn't realise at the time was that. Um, in financial services, they do some checks to make sure you you don't have a controlling interest in another company. It's really? part, part of their anti-fraud mechanisms. Ah, uh, okay. Kind of yeah, makes yeah. sense when you think about it. Yeah, yeah. Because we had issues where we had contractors coming in, and obviously they all had their own limited companies that they're operating through. Oh, yeah, sure, so, yeah. So that yeah. meant there was extra checks. But I had to go through this really um, convoluted approval process so, uh, so, okay. so that I could set up a limited company, which took about four months. Yeah, through through the company, they had to agree to you and check that it wasn't competing. Or, yeah, so I had to prove what I was doing. I had to show them any contracts that I had. And at that point, I was thinking, well, they're even going to say yes or they're going to fire me. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> no, strange. I was, quite, I was quite worried at the time, but it, it was fine. They, they allowed it. Yeah. I, I, had to approve, I had to kind of prove that there was no way that I was using it as a way of laundering money. It's, it's basically anti-money It's, it's a tricky one, really. I mean, you can, you can just... Um, operators, not not incorporate a company, but just um, in the UK we call it like a, a sole trader. Yeah. Um, so you can depending it depends if you're not doing anything that's risky, you could do that. You yeah. So if you're a sole trader, I'm not I can't remember what the US equivalent of that's called. There is there is an equivalent. Yeah, there will called. be. So basically, it's not incorporating a, yeah. a company. Yeah. So if someone sues you, they're suing you. Person. Yeah. Whereas so if you you're a limited company, person. or is it an LLC in the US? Whereas if they sue you, they're suing the company, not you. Yeah, I think they have LLPs and LLCs, and I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm not. Is it limited liar partnerships? Yeah, I want to be a company or a partnership, or there's different there's different options. But obviously, I, I don't understand the legal system in the US, so don't, don't ask us about. It. We're not we're not lawyers, but um, I think you probably need to think at what point you do need to incorporate if you if you do want to, you know, if you're doing anything contentious. I think I actually incorporated when I um, left my full time job. Uh, at that point, that's when I actually incorporated, um, but I was okay to do it at that point. You know, it wouldn't have been an issue because I wasn't doing yeah. a full-time job. Um, but I think you have to be careful. Perhaps it's, it's I didn't realise that about that you couldn't 
this conflict of interest on your own. Yeah, it's conflict of interest and part of the anti-money laundering checks. Okay. So they, they want to make sure that you're not going to somehow manage to appropriate funds from somewhere and then like you know effectively money launder it through different companies. Uh, okay. So yeah. Makes yeah. makes complete sense when you think about it. Mm. It was a pain in the bottom at the time. Because the, the company I run now, and I've actually been running it for nine years, by, but originally it was a sound design company. Oh, really? It's the same, the same legal structure? It's the same legal yeah. structure, but I renamed the company about five years ago. Okay. Because yeah, e yeah. even though I do still, I do still sell the, yeah, the sound libraries for another company. Yeah. It's, it's not a massive part of the revenue. Yeah, I've got, I've got three companies on the go. I, I, my consultancy business is, is one company, and then, um, and then we've got two separate software businesses. One's aimed more at consumers, one's aimed more at professionals. So there's two, there's three separate businesses. But I think sometimes it's good to, if you do different things, have different, and it's more, more cost, but it reduces liability, doesn't it? Or risk, I suppose. Um, but it's, it's true. I think you need to think about these things, don't you? I think, to be fair, if you, it depends. If you, I mean, when I was working a full-time job and I was just testing the idea out, I didn't bother incorporating because it was probably too much of a risk, to be honest. Yeah. Too much cost, you know, at that point. So. Yeah, I, I did it purely because I was interacting with US companies. Ah, okay, yeah, fair was... enough, yeah. I think you've got to look at what the risks are, you know, in terms mm. of liability. So the last thing I thought would be interesting to talk about then is, you know, if you are working for another company, you, you kind of have that dilemma where at some point you may want to take your business full time you know maybe you, you know, you're earning some good revenue from it okay yeah, yeah. then you, you have that i mean i have this kind of dilemma it's like you know on one hand you've got a good salary and you're earning money through your business but then do you want to give up that salary and effectively in my case i cut my salary in half or cut my earnings in half when i quit my job yeah yeah because you, you had the income from your side project and obviously your, your income from your you, salary you, you, so. you kind of got to factor in that you've now got to try and re-earn Back that money that you've that you've lost through the job. Yeah, it's a tricky one, isn't and it? And that was yeah. actually the hardest bit. I mean, me and my wife spent quite a long time discussing it. Yeah, it's it's, it's tricky, isn't it? It's, I mean, for example, when I initially when I quit my full time job, because I was doing three days a week contracting, that that was more than my full time salary. Hmm. Plus, I was doing work as well, so I was doing quite well at the time in the first six months, and then it was quite a hit to stop doing that contracting work and just go full-time yeah. and stuff. So, so at that point, your freelancing gig was actually earning more than your yeah, full-time yeah, job? Yeah, than, than, uh, well, your, your, yeah. Your full-time part-time job. They were sort of job. similar, like you say. They were similar sort of uh, thingy, but obviously it's like you're basically like halving your revenue, aren't you? It's, it's kind of a hard psychologically to deal with. I mean, I think what you need to do is, and, and what's in the show notes, uh, is about you know just saving a good reserve of money. Uh, yeah, that so that, lot, that's, that's one thing I did do is I made sure I saved up about um, nine months. So that, that helps. But I think uh, having worked somewhere six months contracting, the thing about contracting is if you're a contractor, it can be quiet. They kind of load loads of work onto you as a contractor. I don't, have you had other people have this experience as contractors where you kind of... Well, I've, I've been the manager of many contractors. Yeah, and, yeah. Yes, yeah, we, we, we do tend to put quite a lot on them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it's, it's quite intense, actually. And even doing three days was really, really hard work, you know, um, because they would really dump all of their work onto you and plus they're paying you a good rate so you kind of feel guilty after working really hard you know it's like it's a, so it can be quite quite challenging I think I was quite relieved actually to give up after six months and it a real real drain um, yeah so I mean, I've, I've hired contractors for many reasons one of them is because we need to bring in some specialist technical knowledge which we yeah. don't have in the team so they're kind of bought in as technical consultants and there's other ones as well you know, we've just got so much stuff to do we just need bums on seats yeah to, yeah to I think it was that, that kind of um, that but it's quite technically demanding work as well some of the things we're doing are quite tricky you know it's quite often they'd have a problem and 
and they can be bothered to sort it, so they just give it you. <laughs> so you solve it, you know, solve this yeah. complicated problem. Here's your problem today, solve it, you know. Oh, great. <laughs> and not another one, not another, a brain drain, you know. It was, it was quite tricky. So I guess if we were to summarise kind of the main point of this of this show then, is like if you are building something on the side, which, you know, lots of people do, yeah, go back and check your employment contract. Just look and see what's in there because I mean I mean I've, I've made this mistake lots of times myself you just sign the contract because you want the job and you don't really read the fine print yeah but that, but that fine print could come back and bite you later perhaps it's worth asking the question if you if you if you're starting a new job and you're considering at any point in the future doing your own side hustle side project is asking the question you know what does mm. it say in the contract explaining you know and say if you can negotiate a way out of that you know some sometimes you're just not going to be able to but that might influence whether you take that job or not you know well, so like you said you quit jobs because you wanted to do your side projects. Or, yeah, well, it was only it was only one job. Yeah, so it's, that with, it, it's something that's worth thinking about um, with jobs. You know, whether they're okay with you doing your own thing or not. You know, I think it's healthy. Like you said, I think you learn new things doing side hustles, even if you don't. Ever it's like um, do it in, in our last episode, episode twenty-two, when we interviewed Troy Hunt, he, he was saying that he had a, a situation where he was supposed to do a keynote talk at a conference in New Zealand. It'd been booked for ages. It had been approved by his company. Yeah. And his manager suddenly said, no, we need you in this um, meeting in Manila, which conflicts with what you're doing. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah. And Troy was like, you know, well, this has been prearranged. It's all been agreed. All the flights have been paid for. People are buying tickets to come and see me speak. Yeah, that, that, yeah. That's kind of the level that Troy's at. People pay to go see him speak. Okay, yeah, yeah. And then you know, he said that his boss turned around and said, you know, the only thing that's important is this company, nothing else. Yeah, yeah. So I kind of had to... And that, that's kind of a similar situation. It wasn't quite as extreme as that as the, with that healthcare company, but it was kind of a similar thing. It's like they were basically saying, nothing else in your life is important about what we're doing here. Yeah, yeah. And for me, I was like, that kind of soured it instantly at that point. Yeah, yeah, you got to think. It kind you? of mentally checks out of the company at that point. Mm, no, fair enough. But yeah, I mean, be, be very careful what's on your employment contracts. Go back and look at your contracts and just see what's in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you are going for a job, as, you know, as Kevin just rightly said, you know, Bring it up in the interview. Ask them what their attitude to yeah, extracurricular activities is. And obviously, you're not going to directly compete with the company. I mean, that's just, that's yeah, that's just that's that just. I mean, you can't do anything wrong. I think you're right. I don't think you can just start using all using works time and all their equipment and software and resources and etc. Just to do your own, you know, own your own. No, money. I mean, it's kind of wrong, you, isn't it? You, know? you can't do that anyway. But you have to be very careful. I mean, if you produce anything that could be, even if it's a different product, so if you've got any kind of technology or algorithms in there which could be perceived as being similar. Yeah. ideas to what you're working on then you could have an intellectual property dispute further down the line and oh, unless you unless you've got a lot of money to defend that you're basically going to have to bend over it at some point unless mm. you unless you've got the money to fight it yeah i think you've got to be really careful i mean i think it's probably best to not uh, do you, i hope we're not scaring anyone off and building their own products no i hope not that's not the intention don't. i think it's just being being aware of these issues isn't it um i think to it i think most em employees employers are, are okay with doing stuff. Well, a lot are, you know. With doing, if it's not competing with what they're doing, it's not affecting your work. I've always found you know. it's the big, larger corporations that have the issues. So, like your big banks, your big health. They're probably companies. just more inflexible because they're larger organisations and they just have. Um, like we had a discussion earlier about Costa, didn't we? And you, mm. said, you said you made a suggestion to Costa about 
changing oh yeah it is serve though should, should, we, should we put this on the record in case yeah. anyone at costa is yeah listening? costa's listening to this yeah, probably so not costa is a it's a chain of coffee shops in the uk kind of similar thing to starbucks yeah similar yeah yeah and they're very very popular with freelancers and self-employed people who yeah. go into their shops to work because it's a nice environment really fast wi-fi and pretty decent coffee yeah and i made this suggestion via their suggestions box on the website saying you know if i'm sitting here and i've got like a three thousand pound apple mac on the thing yeah on the desk i don't want to have to get up to go and order another coffee yeah, because that's what you have to do at Costa. Yeah, basically. So you either service. have to pack your laptop up or risk leaving this laptop in yeah, the, in the middle yeah. of a busy, busy store. So I said, you, could you have some kind of service where you can basically get table service? Maybe you pay extra for it. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Maybe it could be the, the Costa Business Club or something. But but you can have a regular order brought over to your table for it. It's really simple, just so you don't have to leave your laptop unattended. And they they've replied in a, in a very polite thanks, but no thanks kind of. Yeah, I imagine like bigger organisations even more inflexible than if it's a small startup where you know the founders sort of personally. You know, it's probably different, isn't it? Yeah, you know? I mean, Costa's a massive company. I mean, they, they, they were owned by Whitbread Brewery, but haven't they been sold recently? Yeah, been bought by Coca Cola. Is it Coca Cola? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, so like five billion or something crazy like so, that. So if anyone at Coca Cola or Costa, uh, Costa is, is, is yeah. listening. Uh, Oh, I would first world problems. I'd like you to deliver coffee <laughs> to my table. No, <laughs> so I don't have to get up. To, I can't be bothered to get up. No, I know. I know. It's like mean. a lazy bastard. No, I don't. No, but I'm, I think that's it. Perhaps like large organisations can have very strict policies about how 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 they work and less inflexible, perhaps than smaller, yeah. more nimble. Say a startup, for example. Like you said, didn't you? From your experience, you know, said the large enterprise wasn't. Well, and I said, I actually said someone on the comment, you could kind of spin this as kind of like the cost of business club, you know, where where you encourage people in, a bit like a co-working space, you know, you encourage people into work. Yeah, because they've got lines. To be fast fair, they, they might not always want people because you might get somebody who sits on a table all day and just orders one coffee or whatever. You know, they they're kind of a bit against that. Yeah. Hogging yeah, a table, true. you know, so they might not really want to encourage. Some places they actually, um, the one at Matlock. If you're there for more than half an hour, they switch the Wi-Fi off. It just automatically just times out. It's oh, quite annoying. They? Yeah, yeah. I've got a. I've so got just hook up to my phone, you know. Whatever. I've, got, I've got a four G dongle. I'll take it with me. I've yeah, got, I've got no, I, I just I just tethered to my phone, but it's quite annoying though, you know. But to be fair, though, if, if I'm if I'm working in Costa for two three hours, I normally have a couple of coffees and yeah, I either, do. Either, I was, either breakfast I was, or lunch. I, they always get the money's worth out of me, you know. But um, yeah, I know it's slightly annoying though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. I'm going to move on for that. Unless yeah, you, you know, sound really lazy. It's like, I can't <laughs> to go. No, it's a good idea, actually. I think it's a good idea. Okay, so uh, let's look at today's recommendations. So do you want to go first? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a podcast I listen to quite a bit. Um, it's called Hind- Indie Hackers. Um, it's quite good, actually. What it is, they, there's a guy, he interviews um, startup founders. Um, the other thing they do in there, not so, I don't use it as much, but they do have like a community as well. There's also... A section there where they've got like different startups and it also sort of links their stripe accounts so it shows you their revenue numbers so a lot of companies are quite open about their revenue figures so that's okay. really interesting as well i take it they've agreed to that yeah yeah <laughs> yeah uh, it's actually owned by stripe i think indie hackers is oh okay that makes um, sense, yeah. so what they do is uh, some of the companies they link into their stripe account and it shows their sort of like monthly revenue but it's just really interesting to see like these companies grow you know over, over time and also the podcasts are good as well. There's some good interviews in there. I suppose it's a good way of um, seeing what your competition's doing as well. Or, yeah, or, 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 yeah. Trying try, try to do a bit of market a similar business. Analysis. Yeah, you might see uh, like other companies that are doing well. You know, particular markets. Uh, so there's a there's a, a, 
follow-up podcast called Build Your SaaS and they're called Transistor.fm and their, their figures are on there. But it's quite interesting because they're growing and you can see their upward trajectory, you oh, know, okay. it's quite interesting to yeah, see I'm, that. I'm just, I'm just there, what the viewers can see, or listeners can see this. I'm just I'm on the website now. Yeah, so you've got a section here where you can look at products by indie hackers. So you've got just random one off the top here, CFP land, tools and alerts for conference speakers. That sounds quite relevant for me. Yeah, 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 that could be good. And they have 1.3 thousand visitors a month, revenue of $300 a month. That's, seven, pre that's pretty cool. Seven paying customers, it's quite good, yeah. yeah. You might be able to look at ideas, you know. Uh, there's, I'm not really, there is like a whole community, I've not really, I mean, I tend to just listen to the podcast, but it's a good resource, I'd recommend it for our listeners to, to check that one out. So it's oh, indie. I'm, I'm struggling so much with the amount of podcasts I've got to get through. Yeah, I know, I'm, I'm getting a bit like, I'm, I'm gonna have to be a bit more selective, but indiehackers.com is the website. That looks really good. So check that I'm out and, and find there. Are the, are the episodes long or are they um, Yeah, they are fairly lengthy. They're usually about an hour long. It's usually a minute for you and your startup founder, so they can be really good. Um, okay, that sounds really interesting. Yeah, so do check it out. I'm going to check that out. Okay, so uh, my recommendation is a book uh, by a guy called Greg McCohen. It's called Essentialism, The Disciplined Pursuit of Less. Okay, yeah. yeah it kind of follows that. on a bit from the uh, kind of the ideas of digital minimalism, but this isn't necessarily about digital. Okay, it's about, yeah, yeah. You know, not, not taking on too many things at once, because if you take on too many projects or your boss asks you to do, you know, a hundred different things and you say yes to everything, you're going to do generally a bad job at all of them. Yeah, I think it's the thing. If you, if you give yourself, like, more than two tasks, you usually end up doing none of them, don't you? It's a bit yeah, like that, isn't so, it? Yeah, so know? the book's about, you know, picking the essential things from the... You know, from the many things which can be given to you, it's about picking the few things that can have the yeah. most impacts and then doing those really well. Yeah, just sort of one thing well at a time. You know, I'm gonna to have to check that out actually because it's right on my street. I've, I've sort of read um, Cal Newport's other book uh, that's before digital minimalism, the deep, 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 work. deep work. Yeah, and that's yeah. kind of I see. I'm not read, but the the essentialism book, but I assume it's similar to that. So I would like to check that out. Just sound quite interesting. It's pretty good. So I've been listening to the audible version. Okay, yeah, yeah. listen to it while I was walking, and it's a, it's a very good book. Yeah, yeah, I'll check that out. Cool. Well, okay. So uh, that's another episode. Yeah, another in, one in, in the can. Another in the can. Trying our age in the can. Yeah, in the can. <laughs> on tape. Great. So I hope it's been useful for everyone. So you know, essentially, we're talking about the idea of building products while still employed and about how you need to be careful, check the fine print on your employment contract yeah. so you don't get caught out. Yeah, and perhaps think about you know what jobs you take on as well and, and discuss it with your potential em employers. Great, well, I shall uh, see you next time. Okay, see you then. See you, bye. Okay, bye.